0: The focus here is to help you find the strength and support to help you feel lighter, happier, more positive, and in a better frame of mind to face the inevitable challenges of your current journey.
1: All right, I'm very excited today to be talking to another beautiful human Michelle Boyd is here to join me uh, for a discussion on the Do Divorce Right podcast, and I think listeners are going to really love hearing about how many parallels Michelle and I have had and yet ended up in essentially the opposite ends of the business of love. (laughs) I spoke to my daughter this morning. I dropped her off at school. I said, I'm really excited. I'm interviewing a marriage celebrant today. And she said, really? Are you going (laughs) to (laughs) fight? gorgeous is that it's like uh what about marriage is bad divorce is bad marriage is no wow that's fascinating isn't that what she said yeah and I love that your reaction was the same as mine which was just to laugh out loud I told her that that was the cutest thing anywho so I've, I've given away the surprise of that which it really isn't one given it's in the title but Michelle is a speaker a speaking coach and a marriage celebrant and I'm at the other end as a divorce coach. So Michelle would you mind telling us a little bit more about what led you to becoming a marriage celebrant?
2: Okay um marriage celebrant came about I after I got married um I'm not sure what part to tell you of my story just yet but anyway after I got mm-hmm. married I could go into more detail later Yeah. And I had wedding vows that were kind of long in comparison to my husband. My wedding vows were almost two pages long, which is ridiculous. Now that I'm a celebrant, I so would have talked myself out of it. Um, And my partner, my, my husband, had very short vows. Anyway, I just didn't want the whole ceremony to end. I was just caught up in the excitement the love the the moment and and all of it i just didn't want it to end so it was a really positive experience getting married um anyway i have been involved in toastmasters for a couple of years
0: right. and which
1: is public doing- speaking and public speaking yeah. yeah yeah
2: and i was doing really well at it um winning awards and i thought hmm, i think i need to to follow Something here, and that's why I decided to work with some of my talents, and that was speaking. And obviously, on my wedding day, I was speaking.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just proving to everybody that you're good at standing up and speaking. Yeah, yeah. And and my beautiful husband, he stood there and he listened
2: the whole time. Whether he can remember anything I said, Mm -hmm. probably not. But, you know, we're together, and uh, yeah, he still has to listen to me speak today. (laughs)
1: So it was the love of speaking, the love of what the environment of a of a wedding. Um was there anything else that drew you to being a marriage celebrant?
2: Well, I when we got married, I just went through the motions of getting everything sorted to get married and I didn't realize all of the options and choices that were out there. So now that I'm a celebrant, my aim is to help people understand that they can have their wedding any way that they like and uh, they have choices. They have choices as to who marries them and then they have choices as to how they have their ceremony. I find it really empowering to be able to let people have free reign of something so important and beautiful. Uh, yeah, help, help yeah. guide them in the process. Yeah,
1: yeah, beautiful. I remember when we spoke previously and you said you feel like you've got one of the best jobs in the world. Yeah. yeah Um, it's funny because I feel that way too right (laughs) and for (laughs) completely the other end you wouldn't imagine but what I love about my job is that people come with less of an idea that this could be a positive experience and then through working together they can understand that there is an opportunity to move on and create a beautiful life and it can be a bit like with designing a wedding it can be by design and by choice and so you, you said you have one of the best jobs in the world. And I like, yeah, me too. Isn't this great? So that's one of the things we have in common. And there's so many more. Um, I'm sure it will be no surprise to my listeners, given the topic of this podcast, that um, you've gone through quite a journey, including a divorce, right, to be where you are today. Adam, can we hear a bit more about that story, about the first marriage and, and leading you through to divorce to where you are?
2: Wow, well, that is a totally different story um, and it feels like a totally different life to, to yeah, where I sure. am now. Jeez, um, what point do I pick up and start that conversation? Um, how the marriage broke down
1: or... Well, how happened? old were you when you got together? How, okay. how many kids yeah. did you have? When did you start seeing the cracks in the marriage?
0: Yeah,
2: all right. Well, I was 23 when we got married and we'd been together almost two years prior to that Um, and then went straight into having babies. Yeah. Uh, and I have four children and I had four To the children, same
1: father, husband number one. Got it.
2: Four children um, under the age of six. Uh, so within six years, I had
1: four. Children. Goodness gracious, <laughs> that's a lot on your plate, Michelle.
2: It was, and it was um, a relationship that didn't really have the blessing of my family. Um, shame they could they could kind of see uh, a lot of differences, and at the time, I was so young and swept up in everything. That I'm surprised
1: I, they didn't buy in. After all of these beautiful grandchildren that you brought into their sphere, <laughs>
2: they still enjoyed the children 100. Yeah. And they and they were there. They didn't try and pull us apart or anything like that. But right. there was some tension, you know. Not all families get along perfectly together. Um,
1: I don't think so many that. do.
2: Yeah, and it's the birth of my children um i I actually suffered postnatal depression I would say three times but probably only documented twice
1: wow and wow yeah
2: so yeah I'm sorry very to hear that hard on on more well, me going through it mentally um on the children and yeah. also on um, your my marriage yeah yeah marriage so that was that was really hard um and he did the best that he could and the cracks happened when we decided to do things that everyone says you shouldn't do and that is we moved um when i had a six uh, our fourth child was six weeks old yeah. we moved um from brisbane up to Cairns, and his family were there and his family were lovely and very supportive but it was new i didn't have friends um, the temperature was extreme change for me very humid in hand and the postnatal depression kicked in again um, yeah I had yeah. been yeah sort of listed as for nurses to watch out just because um, I had had it previously and so I did get help very quickly it just didn't help our relationship
1: right right you mentioned um people told you what you should or shouldn't do in terms of moving away I guess from your your family structure I've never been a big fan of should and I think we need to learn our own from our own experiences right if we're going to make mistakes let us make them for ourselves don't tell me what I should or shouldn't do that might be the I don't know the the areas in me yeah yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) I've made plenty of mistakes but I own them um so the cracks in the relationship you've mentioned postnatal depression you've mentioned being away from your family um what age were you when you separated and started going through divorce maybe tell us about whether that was an amicable choice whether that was you know a discussion that you were able to sit down together and make well, um,
2: to be fair, our relationship uh, wasn't great. He was aware of that, and we both tried really hard to keep everything going. We did great. the um, counsellor together to try and have some relationship counselling. We had a trial separation. Uh, we ended up back together. And then uh, I went on a holiday um, with the children, and things just didn't seem quite right and when I was away I was so different in myself Mm. um I was so happy it was like where had that person been
1: even though you still had the four children and you were still very much it was just the absence of of him right
2: It, it was just like I I became I don't know it was just sort of like something had lifted off me and I was having a great time and he wasn't around and um and then while i was away we had some not great conversations on the phone so the cracks were well and truly it was turning into an earthquake you know it was the the tectonic plates were really separating at that time yeah Um, i remember i was um I must have just been over around
1: 30. Okay, beautiful. I remember taking some early holidays before the marriage ended picked up the kids and went off and took some adventures on my own. And it was almost like a trial single mom situation. Like, what does this look like? Could I even, could I even do this if I had to? And I, like you, I was on these holidays just going, oh my God, this is so much better. (laughs) Not having to manage the other person who was not doing uh, enough or or whatever the, the issues were, but, you know, just feeling like myself again. Not because I was on holiday, still a mum. I don't think it's a holiday when you're taking little kids around. You're just oh, no, not trying on a different life. <laughs> yeah. So, when you did choose to split, so there's tectonic plates have come, they're shifting in other directions. You have had a couple of conversations, you've tried to make it work. It's clear it's not going to work. Was it amicable at that point?
2: It was. Um, right. We had okay. the conversation, um, the steps were put into place extremely quickly of how we were going to separate. It was very platonic with regards to um, our possessions and with regards to moving. um,
1: And the childcare.
2: Yeah, that was platonic at that time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So at the beginning of the split, you've made some early agreements. You were able to both align, not argue about those. I'm I'm hearing at that time and so I'm assuming that there's a a period where it becomes less um, low conflict, maybe it turns into a high conflict situation. How long do you think those two periods were? Because, look, it's not at all uncommon that the early stages of a separation, you can come to some great agreements, it's amicable, usually about a year, a year or two, and then uh, it can become more high conflict as Frustrations come up, egos get in the way, um, you know, arguments happen. So how long do you think it was?
2: Um, maybe mm. two
1: months. Wow. So you made the agreement. <laughs> Everything was great for only two months and then all of a sudden it wasn't great anymore. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. gosh. I know. It wasn't um, very long. Yep. We don't need to dwell on specifics at all, um, but can you give me maybe an idea of, of what this conflict was like or what the less amicable version of dealing with your
2: ex-husband who's
1: co-parenting? Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, just to probably put it nicely was I wanted to go down the track with, uh, with the law and with the assistance that was provided and follow the steps that I knew, that, uh, that I'd been told and that was all that I knew. It was, you know, have mediation, work on an agreement together for the care of the children. And I just wanted to follow that steps that were out there. Didn't know anything else. Um, And I don't think that's the way he wanted to do it. He wanted to do it um, his way. And, uh, yeah, we did not come to... Any agreements? We did end up um, having quite a long process that then went to court to have uh, the care of the children
1: decided you for like? you. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, do you mind sharing or do you even remember some of the techniques and ways in which you helped yourself get through that really tough time? Well,
2: I. To be honest, um, when it became not amicable, I probably said things that I shouldn't have said. Um, I went through that anger stage and then I do know that I pulled myself in check and I did not say anything bad about the children's father in front of the children ever. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't want that. Um, They may have already sensed my feelings, towards him but i did not say anything to them or try and sway them to think a certain way about their father it's
1: so hard isn't it you bite your tongue oh it's so hard not to say anything but do you feel like that's benefited your relationship with your children the children's relationship with their father what like what benefits came out of you really holding yourself together and actually yeah
2: i i definitely think that um you know the, the kid's remember and they say things um, and they, you know, have have said what they can see one parent doing and, and what the other. So they can remember it. And I think that I'm glad that I did it the way that I did it because that's how I want my children to remember me and to know me. Yeah,
1: yeah, so beautiful. How old are your children?
2: children now? So my baby is 16 now. Amazing. And uh, to put this into context for everyone, he was 18 months.
1: Wow. that's Okay, that's a long time ago. Nice. No. Yes. Okay, and now um, your children are older, they look back, they respect you for the way in which you behaved, they appreciate you. I, I guess I might be using words. What words would you say the children would use to describe the way you behaved at the time?
2: Ah, oh, behaved at the time.
1: Well, for, um, for the last sixteen years, you know, you, yeah. How would they describe?
2: I, I think um, I know that my daughter has said um, you did really well, mum, for for how you raised her. You know, and and the kids say that, and they turn around and say, you know, they're proud of me to be their mum, and we have a, a great relationship. I'm, you know, I'm happy with how the children have grown up and that must and make you them.
1: feel so good
2: yeah it does nobody gets
1: awards for parenting i think we all should <laughs> but that's the award that i'm going for i want my children to look back and tell me i did a good job yeah. <laughs> at some and, point
2: and you know it might be a while before you get yeah <laughs> i'm because, sure yeah the kids have got to see different things as they get older to realize what parenting's all about For
1: sure yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And um, how is your relationship with your ex-husband now? It's
2: really good. And I find that hard to believe myself. Our relationship is really good. And I'm just trying to think of how long it's been really good, potentially the last three to four years. So it was a long time of not great. Yeah, Um, But we he's always been there for the kids he's attended school functions um and when our kids have made us you know proud special moments where they've received awards or you know become school captain or things like that we've stood there side by side and i don't think anybody would even know that we were divorced
1: yeah we, you know
2: we've stood there beside our children except saying, that
1: like, you've got a husband on the other side like That that would help give the clue away.
2: No, not not, not always had my husband there with me for those events because it was either, you know, during school hours and he was working. So um, he's a bit more behind the scenes kind of
1: man, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, Michelle. That's so great. Um, Looking back, so I asked you about choices that you made. You said that you chose not to speak in a negative way about your ex-husband and that seems to have had a really positive impact on your relationship with your children. Is there any other advice that you would pass on to somebody else who is really struggling to imagine 15 years from now or, you know, the idea that there might be a husband in the future? You, let me come back to that, actually. You were a single mum in your 30s with four kids. I know. (laughs) Right? I know. How was dating? Oh, well um
2: that was a, a you know a huge um step for me to actually decide whether to walk away too you know there's yeah, that sure. fear of ah oh, well you know do I focus on myself and is anyone going to want me with four kids or do I focus on what I want for their children and that's why I'm leaving and whatever happens happens and I've put so much of my focus on the kids that I didn't really think too much about that. And for the first 12 months uh, after we were separated, I don't even think I looked at a man. (laughs) You know, um, I was healing.
0: Yeah, Uh, of
1: course.
2: I was uh, grieving an old person and also discovering a new person and letting myself come out again if that makes yeah,
1: sense definitely
2: yeah
0: that's so,
1: so beautiful
2: then when i you asked how did i date or meet or whatever interestingly um some new friends that i had made to where i'd moved set me up on a blind date and
1: beautiful they told
2: him all about you know me with four kids, four kids? And, and he still met me <laughs> and um and we've
1: been together ever since yeah that's gorgeous i um i can totally relate to the idea of choosing to potentially be alone forever rather than stay in an unhappy relationship i remember being um just shared something kind of vulnerable uh so unhappy in the marriage that i knew we needed to leave And I was living in Asia and I was 40 already and I just thought, I'm going to be sexless for the rest of my life. There is no way I'm going to meet a man in Asia who wants to meet a woman in her 40s with two kids. It's not going to happen. And I've gone on to meet a beautiful man and have a beautiful blended family. So at the time you just think, it's never going to happen for me. But potentially the, you know, the benefits of having your children not raised in that environment are just too compelling than to stay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, like, words of advice for people who, I mean, are we talking to to your audience of people who are thinking of getting divorced or people who already are?
1: Well, let's talk about the women who have already separated. Perhaps they're in the thick of not getting along with their ex at the moment, not sure how this is going to play out can't imagine that their future is going to be a positive one.
2: Okay, well, 100% um, for me it was focusing on myself, like um, setting goals for for myself, not feeling like I needed to be dependent on any other partner, you know, Um, whether they're coming out of a same-sex relationship or whether they're coming out of a, uh, you know, male-female relationship, just that not, Getting enough strength in yourself so you don't feel like you're dependent on anybody yeah. is such a great way
1: to, like a, a state to get to. It's because a rediscovery, you, isn't it?
2: It is. It's a rediscovery and it's it's learning how to be confident in yourself. And, uh, you know, it can take some people forever and then it can take some people not very much time at all. But I think without you even knowing you will be far more attractive to anybody when you are happy and if you can focus on yourself and becoming happy and confident um, without you even knowing, people will be looking at you and admiring you. And and it
1: almost doesn't matter at that point. It doesn't matter if you're attracting anybody to you because you don't need them. You like yourself enough and that's such a beautiful place to be. I have in my program, I have quite a lot around rediscovering this fabulous phenomenal human that you are like let's figure it out without the constraints of marriage without the compromises of having to live with somebody else and make decisions with them what do you like to do with your time who are you what are you great at and it's such a nice journey to watch people go through
2: it, it takes a like long time peeling an onion yeah <laughs> It can make you cry as you are trying to discover yourself, you know, like peeling off the layers of the onion. Um, it really can, but it's worth it, well and true.
1: When When you met your, who became your current husband, were you hesitant to marry again?
2: Actually, yes. Like I w- we were together eight years before we got married. Um, and I, yeah, I hadn't wanted to get married. Uh, I think I was anti-marriage for a long time,
1: and then became a marriage celebrant.
2: <laughs> <I know. laughs> not anti-marriage anymore. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, I'm on the other side now. Yeah, so I, I was, you know, not really, not really looking to get married uh, because at the time I thought. That that kind of locked me in, and mm-hmm. and that was still I was still healing, if you yeah if you can look at it that way. When I realised that he was never going to lock me in, even if we got married, and you know I love him so much for that. We have different interests, and we go you know and do a lot of things on our own, and come together and. It's just it's nice to be able to have freedom within a relationship but still have trust and, you know, we have so much
1: of that. Yeah, Yeah. beautiful. Michelle, thank you so much for your time. So um, I don't think many of my listeners are knocking on your door just yet but when they're looking for you, when they're looking for a celebrant to help them come up with a beautiful um, ceremony that is unique and different and interesting and exactly what they're looking for, how do they find you?
2: Okay, well, I have a website called LoveMichelleBoy Also on Instagram, Love Michelle Boyd, and on Facebook, Love Michelle Boyd. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, so I just yeah. hope someone.
1: Yeah, I uh, hope people are inspired by your story. I feel like there's there's so many commonalities for us through this, right? We've both been through a pretty shitty divorce. We've both taken our children and created a different life for ourselves. We've both held our tongue about, you know, complaining about the ex-husband for the benefit of the children and for the long run. We've gone on to find love again. We've gone on to build beautiful businesses. We think we have the best jobs in the world and we get to meet gorgeous other women like this. I love it.
2: Yeah, (laughs) we do. We have a lot in common. And, you know, um, I do marry a lot of people who have been married before and uh, I don't know if they feel a sense of um, shame or guilt sometimes when they say, oh, I've been married before. I just want that to be thrown away, you know. Yeah. I don't want anyone to ever be ashamed of it and one, from me being through it myself, If it hasn't worked and you have moved on, it's for the better of you and for your ex. Yeah. You you can both go and make the life that you want. And if you do find somebody and get married, um, you know, again, then that's that's a new chapter in your life. And I don't think that that takes anything away from marriage.
1: Agreed. Michelle, thank you so much for your time. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. I hope you took something of value out of this episode. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and you can find me on the web at dodivorceright.com or on Instagram at dodivorceright. I look forward to connecting with you there.